Um, uh, Paul, can I have a word? Sure, man. What's up? I've been going over our finances, and there, it's not looking good. Um, what, what do you mean? We're broke. Not a penny to our names. Well, what, what do you mean, broke? Hang on, how broke are we? Titanic broke. Well, that's impossible. Where the... Hang on, you haven't been spending the money again on high-class ladies of the evening, have you? Uh, no. Well, all right, then. What are we going to do? Well, I do have an idea. Right, old fellow, what's your idea? We advertise anything and everything we can lay our hands on, even that collection of panties you have. Well, first off, the panties aren't going anywhere. Secondly, people are going to twig if we start doing that sort of thing. We'll be subtle about it. No one will even notice. Well, as long as we're subtle, we'll do it. Second season of Burger King. Sometimes it's finger licking good. Oh yes, definitely subtle and finger licking good for Burger King. Mm-hmm. Yes, fantastic. Sorry. Never mind. Anyway, hello, dear people who are campers. My name is Paul Hughes, and I'm the Lord of Leisure. Hello. Crowd. Meant to scream then. It's me. Hello? Oh, well, hang on. what's going on here? Let's have a look. Ah, ah. Right, just make a quick note. If keeping people in cupboard, remember to put food in as well. Stuck for putting your clothes away? Then why not try clothes hangers? Clothes hangers, the revolution in hanging clothes up. So while Mr. Voiceover Man and I quickly dump the bodies in the river, we'll keep you occupied about happenings in the real world since the brief podcast back in February. There was the thingy about Prince Harry being in Who Cares a Stand for a while, larking about. The weather has been on the British news a fair amount again, with people getting blown about the place, and mobile phone companies making a killing from people texting in about their biscuits falling off shelves following a tiny earthquake, which was unfortunately followed by the same old joke of, Did the earth move for you? Yes, yes, it's always an award winner. I think what it was, people were bored of the usual gumph that we see these days and needed to talk about something else. And we love to have a jolly good moan about the weather here in Broken Britain, and I'll tell you why. It's a useful tool to have a conversation with a complete stranger without fear of them spraying you with mace. I mean, bugger knows what would happen if you didn't have the Hello, silly weather, isn't it? conversation. I mean, for total strangers, what else could you possibly use to say after hello? Oh, have you been in films recently because you resemble Freddy Krueger? I know a guy who's never been breastfed in his life. I've killed 17 people. How about you? Seriously, it's a minefield. That's why we have the weather to talk about. It's the universal backup chat line if all else fails. Heading internationally now, a man whose marriage unfortunately failed six years after he emigrated to Australia from Britain is looking to make a clean break by putting his entire life up for auction on the internet. Ian Usher is basically hoping to raise enough cash so he can just get on a plane and go somewhere nice, like... Um... 
Well, the only two places come to mind is either Bognor Regis or the chip shop. There's a house, car, jet ski, skydiving kit, and a $5,000 trip to Las Vegas! Okay, not the trip to Vegas, but for crying out loud, it sounds like a bleeding prize list from a nasty game show. So if you're interested in giving Ian a hand, perhaps some cash, to achieve his dream, go on to eBay the 22nd of June, where all the items will be on sale for at least a week. But the best story I heard in the past couple of months has come from Europe, and it certainly is a story which raised the holy eyebrow of the Lord of Leisure more than once. And only the eyebrow, in case you're wondering. It was all to do with a case of 48-year-old woman called Carla, who was convicted of giving false testimony to police by denying she had lent her mobile phone to her lover. It turns out she had indeed lent her phone to her secret lover, Giovanni, who then used it to call Carla's estranged husband, Vincenzo, and insult him. Naturally, Giovanni, the lover, was convicted of abusive behavior in a local court, and Carla was convicted as a fashion accessory. Back in Albert Square, Peggy was concerned that Grant liked peanuts instead of pork scratchings or some bollocks like that. Who cares? It's just one twist after another in a fairy tale of misery, betrayal, and other words. But getting back to Italy again, somehow the case of Carla wandered off after a night on the booze to the appeals court, who, upon finishing playing with themselves and their several mistresses, found that having a lover was a circumstance that damaged the honor of the person among family and friends. Therefore, basically, if you're a woman, you can lie about doing naughty, even if it's the reason you're probably in court in the first place. Now, the best line I read from the BBC's report on the story was, it is not yet clear whether the ruling might also apply to men who have secret mistresses. Hey, are you in the market for a major orthopedic surgery? Um, not really. Never mind. You've got other ones written down. Here, hang on, try this one. Yorkshire puddings. They're the puddings of the new generation. Nice. And because we like to educate on this podcast, it gives me untold great pleasure to present to Gazan and their rendition of How to Pronounce Your Alphabet. Yeah. 
Well, that's the most bizarre way I've ever heard anyone pronounce their alphabet, but nevertheless, that was top-notch. It was Tuka Zon there, who we saw in Wolverhampton recently, and their rendition of the alphabet song. You can catch up with the band and all their wow-wowing at www.tukazon.co.uk, or at the moment, they're taking a break from the live performance and to do some recording, maybe some ironing, mowing the lawn, taking it easy, and having a schmuck and a pancake. Although I dare say we'll be hearing more from them soon. You're listening to Quick Fit Sometimes. The show that has your car fixed in a jiffy. The main topic I did want to get onto on this show was the fact that there had been a huge tidal wave of depression sweeping not just myself, but the whole of Broken Britain and the world more than usual. There are so many things to be upset about if you were to talk to random people off the street. Aside from them asking, who are you and why are you following me? I mean, here's just some of the examples of the scary things recently said to me by people when asked what's wrong. Them foreigners are stealing our jobs, and how dare they work 80 hours a day for three pence a year? Make the rest of us look bad! Rise of the cost of living doesn't match our wages, Mary Poppins! I'm bored of having nothing to do. Let's go kick that old man in! Oh no, not again! Hi there. Do you have car insurance? All this work, will it ever end? Management are just wasting our time with one new load of waffle after another. Leave us alone, we just want to work. All they want to do in the Middle East is blow each other up. Why do the Scots and Welsh get everything free and the English have to pay for it? I want a referendum on... something. I've just been made redundant. How am I going to live? You know, there's too many of those reality TV shows. Why can't they make anything decent? And where do they find all these freaks? Oh, everything is average nowadays. Everything is average nowadays. Software piracy killed my mother and raped my father. I may as well just stay at home instead of working. I get just as much, you know. Global warming? Oh, that's just another way of getting money out of us. Hell, they even said there's no concrete evidence. I smell conspiracy. Lies! Why are we giving all that money to Africa when they're still starving? You see, the money goes missing and the warlords get a new mansion all of a sudden. That smells a bit effy to me. I've run out of milk! That's not proper music. Me ass would make a better sound than that. Public transport's an effing disgrace, I tell thee. I hate white people. My Italian wife's not having an affair. Oh, the shame of it. I'll never live this down. Play start to play. Seeing as you're all still here, I'll assume for the moment that you haven't reached for the nearest gun or hairbrush after being showered with waters of misery, or, in all honesty, notoriously bad accents. So let me put your filthy perverted minds at ease. It seems that people are looking at the big picture far too much with the realisation that Earth is currently the seventh layer of hell and we're all buggered. While that is true and the suffering and pain will continue as it has done for many thousands of years, you also have to realise that you have a lot of good stuff going for you and it could be a lot worse. If there is currently bad tidings occurring to ye, there may be something you can do about it. Some things will always be out of your control, of course, such as whatever government you have where you live, when it attacks everyone to death, or the sky falling down. So unless you can start the next revolution a la Mr. Fidel Castro, 
Why concentrate on that? Concentrate on what you can do to improve your lot. After all, you've only got one shot at this like bollocks, so give it a go. For example, if you see no way out of a cunning trap laid out by a man who is incessant with wanting to stroke animals and laughing at the same time, have a chat with the person you're tied up with, and perhaps avenues you hadn't considered before will open up, such as that secret laser watch M gave you for your birthday. Get out and about, and again opportunities may present themselves. Are you bored? If so, find something interesting to do that you've never considered. Seeing as no matter what job you do these days, it won't pay that much, why worry about that sort of thing? Just remember to try and choose something you'll enjoy, otherwise this might happen. The burgers, the burgers are everywhere, the grease! <laughs> I know you will always reach points in life where you wonder what the point of it all is. Everyone does. I guess that's just the way humans are. You'll get over it. Just remember, don't be completely unhappy and so wound up about things that you have no control over. What the hell? Why give up? Why let the imaginary bastards in your mind win? After all, just look at all the wonderful things we do have in our lives. Bananas, flights to other places in the world possibly, the 10 minute free view of all the porn channels after 11 o'clock at night, our health, which means that you're either alive living life or at the very least in a coma reliving the 1980s, water, the ability to laugh at everyone who suffers from Tourette's syndrome, sex, self-awareness, epilepsy, tea bags, robots from the future sent back to kill John Connor, Wizzy computer things which allow us to destroy and maim innocent people without getting arrested. Sex. The ability to link mentally with fish. Electricity. Lemsip. Johnny Depp as he's the only character worth watching Pirates of the Caribbean. Sex. The green green grass of home. Friends. Imagination. Alcohol marketed at children. Sex. Pineapples. The French. Different types of music. A cuddly toy. Yay! Sex. Jessica Biel. Mmm. My spider senses are tingling. Telephones. Toilet paper. Farting. A limited edition StarCraft 2 figurine. Okay, that one's for me. Sex. So let's look on the bright side! I thank you. I thank you. You're far too kind. Thank you. Oh, hold yourselves back. Hold yourselves back until the end. Now that we all feel better, how about some more waffle about my adventures in the Arctic Tundra? Charming. You're listening to Clear Test Pregnancy Kit Sometimes. The other way to tell if you're pregnant. Welcome, one and all, to the segment of the show used by the NHS to sedate their patients, and where gamers huddle around the fires of knowledge only to be pushed in and burned alive. It is Gamers Corner. This month, of course, was a rather difficult affair to decide over. The Witcher, of course, was going to be reviewed here for your dining and dancing pleasure, but I've decided to stop that, as it appears the makers of The Witcher are releasing a patch and a new edition which fixes many of the issues I had with the game which made the review a waste of time to do until that comes out. Assassin's Creed on PC is due to be delivered after the release of this podcast on the internet, so that was a bust. Playing with myself was one review, which was perhaps best left alone altogether. So with not that many games left to destroy in an audio shelling, and most of my time having been taken up with typing for endless days this month, 
It's a retrospective review this time around about a game which was adored by so many for so many different reasons and yet despised by a fair few too. Bioshock. Now, Paul, you resplendent superstar of knowledge, I hear you cry. Surely reviewing a game that came out August last year is silly considering the world has moved on since then. What about Samamax Season 2, Episode 4? Sins of a Solar Empire? Or spooking Jehovah's Witnesses by opening the front door, holding a bloodstained knife and shouting, WHAT?! Well, that's a fair comment. I cannot deny that Bioshock may be last year's news. And to keep dragging it out from the retirement home to dance for us is surely going to bring down the wrath of social services for not treating the old girl right. But, Sam and Max, the gameplay doesn't really change much, and I would end up spoiling the story because I can't help myself. Even now I want to spoil the ending by saying it was the butler that did it. Oops. And as for Sins of a Solar Empire, I've only just got hold of a copy of the game after being paid my £7.20 for the month. And by all accounts from people masturbating over the game, it roughly takes 78 years to finish it. So at the present moment, I don't have the time to do that. However, it will make a feature on this podcast in the near future. Besides, occasionally it's rather healthy to re-examine a game after all the hype has died away. There's also the added argument of patches which fix issues and add content here and there, which actually, when you come to think about it, that sums up most games these days, with that scallywag The Witcher taking pole position. Has the core of what made the game changed in any way is the replayability there? Yes, I know, another ability word there. Campers, you see, I'm learning from that uni course. It's teaching me a lot ability. And lastly, I haven't reviewed the game, so why not? So Bioshock, then. For those of you who have a life, busy performing illegal acts with the gender of your choice, and laughing afterwards at YouTube videos that show dogs being set on fire, I'll explain what the story is in simple terms. It's about a man who has a bit of a bad day after a plane crashes, then winds up in a society gone horribly wrong. Two people don't like each other, you're used, you fight back, beat up little kids, and inject yourself with so many needles that the police surely should be knocking on your door asking if that's really a prescription from your doctor. Okay, that might be too simple, but the general just is there. The background for your piao piaoing is Rapture, a Butlin's holiday camp underwater created by Andrew Ryan, who had enough of society as a whole. And as it stands, I think a lot of people share that same feeling about today's lovely mess we live in, but let's crack on. It seems that a substance known as Adam, although I suspect it's named otherwise by the amount of spam I get about it, has turned the citizens into a bunch of demented, naughty people who seem to only want to kill you when you peer on the door, waving and smiling, hoping to make a few friends and have a chat over a pot of tea. Yes, his genetics gone mad again. When will they ever learn? Haven't they seen The Sixth Day starring Governor Arnie? Well, actually, if they haven't seen it, it's probably for the best. But as with all FPSs these days, you don't play with kittens and feed the homeless, you shoot things. So what things have we got in Bioshock with big bullseyes painted on them for you to destroy? Well, in truth, not many. The variety of the enemies is a bit lax in this department. Because it was the human population taking Adam, they are basically still all human at the core, with messed up faces and slightly different attributes. But seeing as different levels of Adam give different effects, you will be introduced to one type of enemy walking on the ceiling, then dropping down to do a few cartwheels to show off to their mum and dad at the school sports day, and another group has discovered nice things which have a habit of exploding. And finally, another group have watched The Illusionist, perhaps because of Jessica Biel and who can blame them, and have started to perform vanishing then reappear slightly further away tricks, which have you running around silly trying to get them. Which, despite the way I've described the bad guys and their nasty habits, is a good thing. It kept me moving and aiming, trying to stay half a millimetre ahead of the game. But as for the rest of the evildoers, it seems they run out of money and therefore don't really have any magic powers to speak of. 
They just want to charge at you and either shoot you with a nice gun or hit you with a jolly big stick. Perhaps upset that Adam never sorted them out even with enlarged genitals to impress the girl baddies. The one major enemy that's 100% different to the normal citizens of Rapture is the Big Daddy, whose name unfortunately does conjure up a reference to a 1960s porn film. These lumbering beasts who protect possessed little girls who enjoy stabbing corpses with large needles will charge at you, dealing huge damage and can be very hard to take down early on. Some have a Black and Decker drill on one arm, others have a bolt gun. But even later on, these beasts will be easily taken down in no time before you keep doing is firing and setting fire to them. <laughs> now in an unprecedented change of format, I'm breaking it up here as I feel you're in the mood for some slightly uplifting music in these times of heartache. So to keep our spirits up, here's the Sumo Sisters, spending every day with you.
Basically, that was one of those songs that could have featured at the end of Smallville, which Clark Kent basically looks out of his barn mystically into the sky, while Lana Lang, or whatever her bloody name is, looks, Oh dear, I've done naughty again. Or Chloe looks and says she's blonde. I don't know, they just do some wispy things, and that kind of music sort of goes with that, doesn't it? But, I may be mocking it slightly, but nevertheless, that is fantastic music that sort of uplifts somehow. You can't really explain it, it just happens. The Simo Sisters giving us every day with you, and you can download that from www.podsafeaudio.com. Now, going from the absolute sublime to the horribly disgusting, which you wouldn't show your kids, Bioshock on Gamer's Corner. Now, before the break, we mentioned a bit of the story, what you're doing, and the types of bad guys you're going to be dealing with. But then again, how will you deal with those bad guys? Hmm, one wonders. To the game's credit, there are a few ways you can deal with the hordes of evildoers. You have your guns and grenades, which is part of the course these days, or you have special genetic abilities, which are picked up as you go along. Such as Winter Blast, the ability to freeze your opponents where he or she stands, Incinerate, which sets them on fire, or Emasculate, which, when used, the bad guys feel rotten about themselves. The game lets you deal with the bad guys using these various powers as you see fit, and also gives you helpful tonics, which boosts your character up so much in the end that Superman would have trouble dealing with you. The security system, ha ha ha, I hear the people who have played the game say, he's mentioned the security system at last. Seems a wee bit too futuristic considering the time setting of the 1960s and the fact that Rapture has been cut off from the real world without any advances they have made. And if the hacking minigame allowed anyone to come along and alter things to be more friendly to them, surely all the citizens would have their own turrets following them everywhere. But I guess I'm just being a wee bit too picky. There are boss battles in Bioshock and unfortunately, they're sort of meh. The bosses are basically important aspects as to how Rapture and the principles Andrew Ryan laid out about no one being constrained by governments to perform their work played out. But then after a scene where they show their deranged selves, you basically go pow 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 and fry them or whatever, and that's it. You just feel that it's meant to be a little bit harder somehow. Now you may remember I mentioned little girls hanging around with big daddies earlier. No, not reference to the 1960s porn film again. These little sisters collect Adam from bodies for some reason, and it's your job to either kill them for lots of Adam in return, or save them for not as much Adam, but then you get other plasmids and more Adam as gifts later on. Essentially, this is the moral choice in a game where morality is left far behind in pursuit of perfecting ideas. And depending on which path you choose, good or evil, you also affect the end of the game of which you're shown as being firmly evil or firmly good. If you kill one little sister, you will get the bad ending regardless. No ifs, no buts. Now Paul, you insert random comment about your manliness here. Kill little girls? That sounds a bit off to me. And yes it is. But in fairness to 2K, they never show any of that in any detail whatsoever. The graphics are extremely well done and serve to show the city in its full rundown glory. The water effects are superbly done, and all credit to the design team for creating things of the 1940s era, but twisting it to serve the purpose here. However, this was the first game last year to really bump up the minimum requirements for running such a game well. And frankly, I've slated that kind of behavior already for other games, so we're not going to go into that more here. 
But for the really scary parts, I'm afraid the award for making you change your nappies has to fall to the sound. The high-pitched violins, the crazy talk by another former happy person about times past, all leaves you with a sense of dread, which for a game is just excellent. The story is definitely there, but you have to look for it at times. And frankly, if you don't, then it's a bit of a waste of time playing the game. Just fire up Generic Shooter 56 if that's all you want. There are audio diaries littered around the place which give you a full sense of the story of Rapture before it went to hell. And the key moments with Atlas and Andrew Ryan are some of the most compelling and thought-provoking you will ever see in a video game. Unfortunately, it's been brought to everyone's attention that this has all been done before. No less by the same people who created System Shock 2, which came out in the 1990s. Ooh, quite a long time ago, you might think. I'm not the first to bring that up, and certainly not the last. However, before I start slating it for unoriginality and everything, the thing is, I never played System Shock 2, so therefore I didn't have a clue about this type of format and the fact that it had been done before. And other people will be in the same boat. So in essence, it's not so much re just redoing the same thing over and over again, it's introducing it to a new audience. But if you have played System Shock 2 all those years ago, and unfortunately, it appears you're not going to be in for much of a surprise. I have also mentioned recently there was a patch released, well, I say recently, it was the end of last year. The extra plasmids given in the patch have added one or two extra bits to play with, and having the widescreen view is a welcome addition as I'm one of those sad assholes who have sold other people's stuff to get one of those screens. But once you've been through Bioshock, the only reason to go back into it is to be one of those people who feel compelled to relive those classic moments in the game. Otherwise, it's back down the local boozer, destroying your lives in other ways. Or so you would think. It's at this point I have to mention a feature that may have been an unintended bonus. During the playback of Bioshock, I had shown the lady friend what the fuss was all about, as the art style had intrigued her. Or it could have been just a simple fact that she was humouring me before telling me to do something useful, like boiling socks. But then when she saw the bad guys' melted faces and heard their deranged mutterings, she was utterly disgusted and felt ill. She had immediately asked, what kind of people created this game? So, Ken Levine, what kind of person are you to create this? And why couldn't you have also shown someone drowning puppies as well, because that would have really thrown her over the edge. <laughs> so the unexpected bonus feature of this game is that if you want some free time to yourself, just tell your other half, you're playing Bioshock. It's a nice. So the question at the end of this long-winded review, is Bioshock still worth playing, and is it still worth the hype? If you've never played System Shock 2, oh dear god yes. If you want a rich story that questions morality and twists like you never expect, yes. If you want extra fine creative detail in the looks and sound departments, indeed yes. For everything else... ish. So using the utterly useless 1 to 10 scoring system, with 1 being the equivalent of telling your best friend you've had his sister, or 10 being the equivalent of having your wicked way with sexy triplets, with the score of 12 of course being reserved for those people who wish to appear on Jerry Springer, I hereby award Bioshock... 9. Granted, it's slightly linear, not an awful lot in terms of original features that haven't been in games before, and only truly effective the first time you play it, but it's so well executed, you just can't help but feel you get your money's worth. Who's the man that talks for a while, all the time, making you smile? Paul, you're damn right.
And there we have it. That's your lot for this month. Maybe we've entertained you, maybe we haven't, but still, it's all for a good cause, eh? Ooh, speaking of which, Mr. Voiceover Man, how well have we done with the adverts? We made £7, 27 pence, a haul compared to what we normally do. Why, what do we normally do? Normally, we spend £500,000 an episode and make no money. Well, actually, when you come to think of it, that's not bad at all. I kind of hate to bring this up, Paul, but I haven't been paid for the last four episodes. And, well, well, you understand, my mother is sick and my dog needs an operation. Hang about, didn't your dog die three years ago from a combination of old age and a gunshot blow to the head? Uh, no. Never mind, moving on. If you have anything to say to the Lord of Leisure whatsoever about the podcast, whether or not it was great or just fantastic and you're just blown away, or if you have any ideas or games you want reviewed, then why not email us at podcast at oosometimes.com. But for now, from myself, Paul Hughes, the Lord of Leisure, and Mr. Voiceover Man, and anything else that's been featured on this podcast, until next time, whenever that may be, don't have nightmares. Try and have some erotic dreams instead. You've been listening to Ooh Sometimes, starring Paul Hughes and the Lord of Leisure, and S.L. Slaughter as Mr. Voiceover Man. Background music was produced by Kevin McLeod, with music from Bioshock copyrighted by 2K Boston, and was used for the purpose of the Bioshock review. The excerpt from the performance of Hallelujah by the MIT Concert Choir was used from Wikipedia. The title music was created by Seismic Anomaly from Magnatune.com, and additional music was created by Cjax from PodsafeAudio.com. To find out more about the terms and conditions of the podcast, please visit www.oosometimes.com, where you can also find out about the adventures of the Lord of Leisure. You spend your days with gorgeous women while I sit here across the pond in a lonely dark studio with my finger in my ear. Ah la 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 la, I can't hear you.